Welcome to Point Your Toes, the Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Nudity. So we thought this would be kind of a fun little break from all of the holiday episodes to talk about being naked. And mm-hmm. I've mentioned before on the show that I've worked on a naked show. I myself was not naked, but my entire cast was. Um, and it's something that like does not come up often, but when it does, it is something that I feel like people address when they get to it and not beforehand, or they don't put some thought into it beforehand. When the more I kind of sit back and think about it, there are a lot of shows that involve some form of nudity. Yeah. I mean, I worked on a show, um, it wasn't full nudity, but I worked on a show where, you know, there was um, um, intercourse simulation as well as um, a scene and a song in the show where the cast was slowly taking off all of their garments. And so by the end of the scene, you know, women were in their bras and, you know, thongs or panties and men were in these tiny little boxer briefs and that's it. Um, which is not the same as nudity, but still having to do that. Bang, and bang. the show I, the show I did, and in the space we did was a very intimate space, and like having to have audience right there as your declothing, you know, it's still it's something that we addressed when I worked on this show. It's something that I think is really important, and I also think just as I feel about choreography in general, there's like a time and a place, right? So I think mm-hmm. like when it makes sense like it works and it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, there's no need, there's no need for that. That's my opinion. And I'm along those same opinions where it's like, if it's tastefully done, or I would even say if it's not tastefully done, okay, call it what it is. Like if it's pornography, it's pornography. But if it's like, we're going for art, go for art and let us know if we're blending those lines, which is- Well, and I'm even- I'm even thinking like, you know, I've seen Sleep No More three or four times now. Side note, I will be the first one in line oh to get a ticket. Oh my God, right. Stage and they reopen the first person in line. But that is another show where there is um, like full nudity, men and women. And again, it is like for anyone who knows about Sleep No More or has maybe had the pleasure of going, it is an intimate space. People are right there. Yes. And, it, and yeah, I agree with you. I think it just needs, we'll dive into it, but I... I was really interested when Tony brought this up to me because I was thinking like, I have worked on a show that dealt with like intimacy and some, some sense of nudity. I've been to shows that I've done with it. And when, what is the line of like what works and doesn't work? And I do think that like in dance and musical theater, it's a lot more um, like uh, it's a lot, there's a lot more there than we we think of our heads. And so that's my first thing, which, which I say, which I will tell anyone when it comes to the subject of nudity, I think we should also kind of talk about intimacy too, because like that happens a lot in, in the performing arts. Like I've had dance yeah. partners where it's just, like I said, you you know everything about them because you're on top of each other. And a lot of times in very little clothing, yep. if any at all, you know, very, very little. So I think for me, and I remember this conversation in college when... It kind of, we didn't have any nudity in high school, but we had several quick changes where it was the entire ensemble with a quick change that was less than 60 seconds. 
So like there were, to us, it was just, you know, we were diehard theater kids. So there was no thinking about, you know, bras and panties and underwear and like things moving and tucking. Like, no, we just did the costume change. But I remember getting to college and like one of my professors was, was literally like, okay, so like, let's have this conversation now. There are a lot of quick changes. There are a lot of moments where like, there may be people naked backstage or, you know, quick changing in the wings. So like, be mindful of that. If you're not comfortable with that, we let you know where the quick change spots are. We let you know backstage where it's going to happen. So you can pass differently backstage, you know, just be aware of it. And that's so, kind of where they left it for us in the theater department. Mm-hmm. Dance so I was department. Say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, along the lines of what you're probably about to say, like, so what was your first, like, real experience dealing with nudity or intense intimacy in a show that you've either been in or um, worked on? And, like, what was that, you know, like, what was that like for you? Because I agree with you, right? Like, I'm thinking... In high school, I did a lot of work at a, at a regional theater in high school. And, you know, there was a men's dressing room and a women's for most of the members, most of the mm-hmm. cast members. And there were definitely times where I would have quick changes and I would run to the dressing room, drop the dress I was in. I was in like my bra and underwear and put the new one on. And there are some times where you'd have to like run next door to the men's dressing room to like get X, Y, and Z. And I even remember being like, you know, 16, 17. And I guess because I was in a theater, it felt like, a safe space. Yes. Um, which looking back, thinking about like, okay, I was 16, 17. I also worked on a bunch of shows with like adults. Also like same. adults, right? Like 20s, right. 30s, 40s, 50 year olds. Yep. So that's yep. not cool. Um, but I think like in theater, it is something that you become accustomed to for sure. But I would say like, so that's a thing that I just like did. But what was your first experience really understanding like, intense intimacy and nudity in theater and dance intimacy would have been high school i had to do a makeout scene mm-hmm. and a makeout scene that was supposed to lead to sex but a character comes in and interrupts us and that was like i remember like and it was it was one of my close friends becca so like we talked about it our director talked to us about it and then she was like at the end of the day I can talk you through only it looking awkward to us, but you guys know where you're comfortable at. So you kind of have to draw that line for yourself. When you hit the uncomfortable range, stop it. Because I can't tell you how you feel and how you how uncomfortable you are. And that's what I appreciate it. And so like me and Becca were fine. I don't ever recall a moment where we're both, where we're both like, no, don't, uh, no. Or like yeah. goofing, serious or goofing off about it. So that's kind of the first time in high school. And then like at college, it never, like, I I remember like the dance department, we were just so used to it. And I think it goes back to what you were saying of just that theater and the dance studio and the theater that we performed in feels like a safe space to us. So like, I have literally been in the wings where like the, it was two or three guys like had to change dance belts because they needed a different color dance belt for the next piece that they were in. We're naked under the dance belt. So we're in the wings literally changing dance belts as girls are literally changing bras to match the next costume. So like there, there is a level of just we're naked in the wings kind of. Yeah. But it was, and so no audience members saw us, but it was definitely just a moment of just being like, you're just comfortable with everyone that you're with and you just kind of establish it early on or it's got, it's almost an unspoken rule because of just how intimate dance is as a genre. Yeah. Um, 
but then on top of that, you kind of do what you need. And then when something doesn't feel right, you speak up about your needs. It's yeah. kind of how I felt. And then I felt there was a different twist when I was working on as an assistant choreographer on a naked show. That was also different for me in the sense of like having to tell people how to hold their bodies while they're naked. And so like there would be certain scenes where we, it was an all guy show for this, the naked show, where it would literally be like, we lit- at some point it's like, I literally need you to flail around, you know, or it's like, I literally need to see both butt cheeks. Like those are things that were legitimately in our notes because we need it for the we need it for the comedic relief of what we were doing for the show so like right. those and those are moments where literally it's like you kind of just have to have your cast trust you you have to trust them and you kind of have to create that safe space so i think that was was different for me was creating that safe space so that they constantly felt comfortable enough to still create art while completely naked Mm-hmm. You know, and tilting with that fine line like there will be sometimes where it's like I just need to run through dance numbers where they would come in and they would always have we had robes for them always but it was also like the like when we would first get to rehearsal we would be running through stuff before we would start run throughs they'd be like oh do I need to be naked for this and like they have to they would essentially have to come to the theater ready to drop trial like they would have mm-hmm. to come ready to be naked because it's like we, there would be times where it's like the lighting designer would need to do something. And he was like, I, you, I'm not lighting your clothing. I'm lighting your bodies and your skin tone. So I literally need you naked or at the, right. least, or at the very least shirtless for this. So definitely an interesting kind of vibe to start. Like first time that kind of happened, the adjustment. What about you? Yeah. I mean, so I had experiences growing up in the theater world where I like, kind of quickly understood intimacy and and why it's important in a way that like a child or a teenager does. Um, yeah, so I think the first time that I truly like dealt with understanding what intimacy is and how it works in theater and everything was, I was in a dance piece for like a fellow student. She was a couple years older than me doing her BFA thesis and her whole Um, concert, the theme of her concert was based around relationships and the grieving process and what you go through, right? So we talked about like the physical sexual relationship, the abusive relationship, the loving relationship, the patient relationship, what those mean. And, you know, while we were clothed for all of it, I mean, the final scene, like I was in like a very, you know, short, little white slip and the men were topless and stuff. Um, there was nothing very like intensely intimate about the actual movement. However, you know, the whole process of it was, and she would sit us down the choreographer and make us go through these exercises about like talking about if we've had these relationships, these experiences, sharing them from like a true vulnerable place, writing things down, taking that with us. And it was a beautiful concert. And I think that was the first time I really experienced like broach these subjects like what it means to broach these subjects and she was a great example of like how to if you want to be working in this genre realm and have these things be part of your theater piece your dance piece whatever you're working on the conversations and the safe space are so important absolutely Um, And then my senior year for my BFA thesis I actually dealt a lot with kind of a little bit of a different genre, but there were moments of just like what it means to be in control, lose control, have a relationship. And so a lot of my movement did deal with partner work 
um, and working together. And we also, I, that was something where I also sat them down and I had them talk about like, control is a scary thing. What does it mean to you? What are your experiences with it? And, um, you know, if it's definitely like, it's an, it's an interesting conversation to have. And I think that I'm grateful I had it with someone who was closer to my age when I first learned it. Um, and then in terms of being on the creative side, um, after college, I did a, I did a production where I talked about this earlier in the podcast, right? There was a whole scene where like the ensemble would undress during one of the musical numbers. And we actually had, um, you know, the, the show dealt with a lot of material and we had to have like a lot of conversations. We actually had a couple of, um, there was a rape scene in the show. And so there was a couple of closed door rehearsals. So it would be myself, the director, the stage manager and the intimacy coach. So we actually had someone who was an intimacy coach who came in because I even said, like, I remember having the conversation with the director. I was like, I can't, I can't stage a rape scene. I was like that. I do what to do. I'm uncomfortable with, because it was to music. So it was supposed to be like a choreograph thing. Yeah. So we had someone come in and be an intimacy coach and it was literally closed door rehearsals. It was just her, myself, the director, the stage manager, and the people who were in the scene. And I remember even like, and these were like, you know, no one was young. I think the youngest person in the cast was like 23, right? It was like 23 yeah. to like 40 something. And I remember a couple of cast members being like, oh, well, like, we're just gonna have to like wait in the hallway of Ripley Greer. And we'd be like, go take a break, like go get lunch, go get a snack. Like, this is what time you need to be back. Like, we have an extra room available, like go practice. But like, nobody is allowed in this space because this is really intense. And these people who are learning how to stage a rape scene do not need eyes on them. Like, and it's, I, so I, I too have had an intimacy director on the Naked show that I worked on, but then it made me, when you were talking about that, like being so close to the audience. So I worked on a show where there's like, we were fully clothed, but there's like simulated sex, mm -hmm. but it was like, uh, it's immersive theater. So like mm -hmm. we were on top of the tables that people were sitting at like climbing and writhing on each other. And I just, I remember the director saying that's what he wanted. And then we all looked, the ensemble, we all looked at each other and we were like, can we pick our parents? Cause we would like to be with someone in the ensemble that we're, that we're comfortable with doing something like this. Yeah. That's because like, I totally agree with you. We're like, and those were, our rehearsals were locked. Like we knew, we knew every single person that walked into that rehearsal space. And yeah. like, it would literally be like, I remember there was one day where we were rehearsing the scene where we're like supposed to be like on the tables rising with each other and whatnot, where, or no, it, maybe it was the one where we were like on the floor, this amorphous blob that like, we were on top of each other and then it turned into like this uh, choreographed like lifts and things as a blob mm -hmm. first. But I think like our set designer had came in that day and was like looking just to like see a run through the show to see a couple sure. And he was, we were like, oh, we're going to do that scene. And we were all kind of like, we're not ready for other people to be in here with us. And the director was like, he was like, I understand, but could you explain it? Because I don't want him to feel like they are a part of the show too. And we were just like, and one of the girls, I remember saying, she was like, I'm still like grabbing Tony in the wrong spot. Like I'm literally like my finger's still technically up his butt when I rotate off of this one. So like, I just need to get that figured out before someone like, and it was little things like that where it's like you do when you're in the process of doing these very intimate scenes naked or not, you kind of have to figure out 
what's not okay first or where your body's landing or how your body's moving because when let's start with intimacy it's like the game of nervous like you know where you rev up someone's leg until they're like nervous mm-hmm. nervous nervous stop that and i say this having numerous dance partners that level is different for everybody some yeah. people you're an inch above the knee and they're like no then there are other people where your hand is fully on their hip flexor and they're like yeah i'm fine i'm not bothered you yeah. have to deter- you have to determine that for yourself but you also have to figure that out with your partner that you're dancing with and then in terms of nudity you also just have to get comfortable with take disrobing in front of people if you have to disrobe in front of people because it's something we don't do on a normal basis well and i was gonna say though it's very interesting right because i think being in western culture and then on top of that being in america right yeah we're we're always closed right like you go to other countries and there's nude beaches topless beaches or people are just more like my body is my body right like it's a body it's a human body like all women have boobs to some degree like right and it's not something as shameful and i do think in the in western culture it becomes very shameful and especially in america it is like very like ooh, we don't we don't do that right so and you have to and like and i and i say this to say like some of these shows that we're talking about are not all like bad shows like i think of the show wit at the very end of the show when the spoiler alert with the lead character like dies at the end of wit after like brain cancer and all the things like that she takes off the ro- the hospital gown rope and she's naked and she walks off into the white light so but it's still just like you that's a very different moment but she's still very naked and vulnerable which is the whole point of the show she doesn't want to be vulnerable but so i'm like there there are a lot of different contexts where these type of things show up that you just don't think about when you just go oh immediately nudity well and i think too like it makes me think about sleep no more right it's like the first time i went and there's um there's one scene again spoiler if you haven't been or you don't know about it but there's a scene there is an orgy scene and um like i said earlier like the men get naked right like penises balls out there i feel like it's more like in this day and age we're more like oh yeah okay like boobs woohoo vagina ooh, vagina penis (gasps) oh my god right like and Part of it, I mean, the people who choreographed Sleep No More, maybe part of it was for shock factor, right? Because it's not something the Western culture is used to and Sleep No More started in England. Um, yeah, love those guys. But I, oh yeah, shout out to Punch Drunk. But I was like, I yeah, Punch think, Drunk. Like after I saw it the first time and you really like think about it and you think about like, okay, what is the story they're trying to tell? And why is that important, right? Why is it important that they, these characters are becoming fully naked and writhing on each other in this scene it's not just for shock factor but it's trying to tell a part of a story a part of a character their their inhibition or lack of ambition right and so and I also think it goes back to like if we're talking about the orgy scene in Sleep No More it's also has to do with like witches and it goes back to it's a ritualistic dance is what they're doing and so again I think like I was interested in doing this topic because nobody ever really talks about it right about like what it means to have intense intimacy and nudity in art right in dance and theater in particular and then like where's the line so I just think that like we are so trained to be shocked by nudity even on tv right it's like I was like I was watching I was watching a show on showtime earlier today and there's been like 
plenty of women topless on the show. We finally get to season uh, episode one, season two, and they show they show a penis, and I was like, oh my god! But then I was like, wait a minute, like they've they've been showing sex this whole time and boobs this whole time. Like, why is the penis mm-hmm. shocking? <laughs> but that's just, and I I think you're right. That is a very for our, our listeners around the world, that is a very American response. But it's I've had that same thing where literally it's like even like working on a new show like one of the boys like they're naked on stage the entire time but i had to do a note session but they needed the they were too loud in the theater so we pulled the boys out into the lobby and the lobby has like an open window and literally one of the guys like was still covering put putting on his robe and i was like oh my god like penis in the light of day and i was like I've literally watched you do a whole two-hour musical naked. But I was like, oh, but we're not in that safe space of yeah. an enclosed theater. I was like, no, we're in the lobby. Like, And like people can see you on the street if you get too close to the window. Make sure your robes are closed, guys. And they were like, right. oh, yeah, yeah. Like they were quickly accommodate, quick, quick to accommodate. But I do agree with you where it's just like those moments of like deep intimacy. And I think for me, step one, you have to know how you feel about it. Because mm-hmm. after... Having worked on it, having been in these situations, I think if there's a story to tell and it enhances the story, I'm totally for it. I agree. If it's just pure, like even if it's serious nature or comedic nature, that's fine. If you're gonna do porn, cool, that's porn. I don't wanna work call on it porn. porn. Right, but call it porn. I'm like I said, it's not for me, but I get it. Like live your best life. But I think you kind of have I know where that line is for me. Like, and I think that's what a lot of people have to figure out. And a lot of that just comes from body image, which we've talked yes. about on the show before, and we will continue to talk about like all bodies are beautiful, but you got to be comfortable with your own body before you can expect others to be. And I think that plays a large part in your feelings about it or your background, you know, coming from a religious background and trying to go mm-hmm. into a show where there is nudity or, you know, or just a conservative background, or maybe you're a super liberal and other people around you aren't liberal, you know, or they mm-hmm. aren't as free with it. Like all those things, I would encourage anyone that as they approach to, you know, spend a lot of time dwelling on it, but like, as you continue to think about work and shows and things like that, know how you feel about it so that you're prepared to voice your opinions on it without the pressure of, oh, if I get this show, if they ask, excuse me, if they ask me to do this, now I have to think about this, be like, no, I already know how I feel about it. I already, I already know what's going to be a yes, I already know what's going to be a no for me. Well, and I think like, so an example of like a company that does it super well, is like the dance company Pulis is well known for many things. But one of the things they're well known for is the fact that their dancers are usually in nude or let me rephrase reframe rephrase flesh colored like very skimpy very thin flesh colored garments and that's it and if you've ever watched a piece of pluses a lot of it is a lot of contact right think like contact improv but choreographed because they're doing a lot of shape shifting and working with each other and it's like really really work and they're not always in these garments but the majority of the time they have and i think about like but there's a reason behind that, right? It's not just, again, Palabalus is not there for the shock factor. They're there because those dancers are working together to make shapes and words and, and letters and moments and pictures, right? Like go watch, like we'll post, we'll post something of Palabalus's so people who don't know can understand that if a girl was, if a woman was wearing a dress or something with a skirt and the men were in these like shirts and big pants, these ideas wouldn't work and the whole that you know and then it wouldn't because they wouldn't be able to create these pictures 
the reason they're able to create these pictures, part of the reason is because there's no clothing barrier or free flowing things and things everywhere. So I think like when you're thinking, obviously they're in musicals or plays, right? There are certain, in certain theater, theatrical shows, there's already times that call for deep intimacy and nudity. And you just need to be able to approach it from a place of understanding that that's really intense. Mm-hmm. And then in other shows or dance companies, I think, you know, what's the reason behind it, right? Palabolus makes sense. What is the story you're trying to tell? What is the, what is the objective of this? Right. Um, and I so think- what is, Yes, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, because I think that same concept is so easy for us, and I, it's so easy for us as dancers to understand, because yep. I- on the same set show where we were writhing on people, one of those dancers I worked with, um, she was in Palopolis and she's worked with them a couple times. And I just remember there's in the rehearsals where like, we basically wore no clothing. One, it was like, it was August. So it's burning hot in New York city. So like we were dying of heat, but like, I also just remember like how, just how intimate like we all were with each other and the lifts and things like that where it's just like we couldn't wear baggy clothing and and do what we needed to do it just wouldn't have worked it would have it just it would just have gotten in our way um and i think that is something that like people have got to that you have to think about again as you continue to do these jobs and do these things um what's your opinion on Let's okay. So I feel like we talked a lot about intimacy and what that means. What's your opinion now on nudity, which you kind of delved on, but nudity for nudity's sake or nudity like in a costume sense or something like what? Where do you think kind of the line is between like that makes sense and like there was no need for that? In your opinion, story. Which again, I've, I've I'm sure I've said this before. I say this a lot. I'm a sucker for a good story. Mm-hmm. So like if the story is about, uh, if, if the story is like, for instance, I there's a piece that I worked on that was about like um, prostitutes and, and sex workers. So mm-hmm. like everyone's base costume was like bras and panties and boxers. So like we saw them in that almost 95% of the show, they were in some form of bra, some form of panties, some form of boxers. Mm-hmm. so like that was the base outfit and there would be times where they would have other things on but like we're, we're talking about sex workers so they are genuinely i mean that it made it i didn't question it because that was a subject matter that we were dealing with or and there was moments of nudities in that show as well where like you know there were several topless scenes and i think penis might have been seen in that as well but like I never questioned it because it was, we know it would, it made sense for the subject that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the naked show I worked on was purely a comedy. So all the, all the naked things were purely about comedy. Um, so that to me is about, is the line. Like if we're, if it serves a story, whether it be a dramatic story or a funny story, that's fine. But if you're just like, the character walks on and she's topless and it's like we never there's no dialogue to address it there's no dialogue before she enters after she enters or while she's on stage or her herself as to why her her breasts are out mm-hmm. then that's to me that's like you might as well just call it porn the point is you want them to look at her breasts and serve no purpose other than lust infatuation you know so that to me is where that to me where that line is is where there's no there's no driven purpose because we as people 
we as people always do things for a reason. So when you take that reason away, it's it becomes gratuitous to me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that line line. And again, if it's gonna be porn, okay, it's porn. That's a billion dollar industry too, whether you like it or not, you know. Yeah. So it's like call it what it is. I just don't like when that line gets skewed or when people don't address, you know, why. Yeah. Or, or don't give some type of why, whether it's a concrete why or a more ethereal why, ethereal reason why. But I think it has to be addressed in some form. What about you? Where's that line for you? I mean, I agree pretty much with you said, and I, I feel like it's the same way I feel about choreography, right? When I go see Truth. a show, a Broadway show, and I look at the choreography through such a critical lens now, um, does it serve a purpose? Is it enhancing the story? Is it helping to tell the story, enhance it, get a point of view across, um, have a significant moment in the piece, or is it there for stake, right? Is it choreography for choreography's sake? Is it nudity for nudity's sake? Um, mm-hmm. Or intimacy for intimacy's sake, right? So I agree. I think that um, the idea behind it is very important. And I agree with you, even in a comedy, right? Okay, so we have this co- we have this bit and we want you to be topless during it. Well, why? Why is that funny, right? Like, what are we trying to like drive home here? Um, you know, I, I just agree. That's just even how, again, that's how I feel about choreography in general. There's no reason to have insane choreography in a piece should the piece not do anything for the piece. And I, um, no, I was going to say, I just remember there was a point in college where like we, it had to be some discussion that started from one of our professors, but it's like art for the sake of what? Like, why are you creating art? Yeah. Are you just creating to create and I personally believe if you're just creating to create, there's a problem with that. More so are creating to express and are creating to communicate or to, you know, there's got to be something more even, there for me. Even our like funniest shows, right? Even like a Book of Mormon, that was created for a reason, right? Oh, like, yeah. Yes, yes, it's funny. And like, there's a Cartman-like character and we all love it, right? But they didn't, you know, Matt Stone and Trey Parker didn't wake up one day and just say like, let's create a stage version of South Park. They created something different for a reason. Um, so I agree. I think like what, yeah, again, like what is the purpose behind this? And then I think, um, yeah, I mean, I just. So I have to ask this question. What do you think that a person that has done nudity can still have a career in other art forms or in other genres rather. What are you, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like someone who's done nudity in like porn or someone who's just like done a show or a TV show or something or a company that's constantly doing nudity and now they want to shift? I mean, it could, I would say both, you know, someone that like started their, you know, they made money doing porn or OnlyFans, which is a thing. And now, you know, they want to continue in the movie and film and television industry or even theater industry. And then also I think of, I can't think of her name, Emily, Emma, Game of Thrones, Mother of Dragons, Emma. Oh Clark? yeah. Um, Emily Clark. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. I knew it with the E. Amelia Clark. She got to a point where she's like, okay, no more nudity. And yeah. like, she's gone on to have, you know, a wonderful career doing one. one yeah, and I, I also think like, I think it goes back to did your nudity serve a purpose? I mean, I think like delving into the world of porn is like, I have no experience in that. So like, I don't really think I have a say in it. 
um, as much as working on a production, whether it be film or stage that deals with a lot of nudity, I think it goes back to the value of that production. Like what was the point behind it? And then I think also knowing like if someone's like, oh, hey, we want you to do this part. You were, you know, let's take Amelia Clark, for instance, like you were naked on on Game of Thrones. So like you're cool being naked in this, right? And having the ability to say, you know, no, because that doesn't serve the purpose of this project, mm-hmm. right? Or like, yeah, that's fine. I think that that serves the purpose or, okay, that's fair that, you know, this, you know, deals with X, Y, and Z and you might need me to be X, Y, and Z for this. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you couldn't work. I don't think so. Um, what about you? No, I would agree to that. I think, because I actually asked, I don't know how this topic came up with me and my friends, but it did. And I think that like, know the genre that you want to work in. And I say this after having like in all kinds of, in anything, let's start just broad. I remember having this type of conversation in college. I was doing some type of, I think I was doing film and TV training where they said, if you know you love cheesy sci-fi movies, then you can be in Sharknado 17 on the sci-fi channel, Yeah, you know? Or, you know, you can be in Lobster versus Aliens because that's the kind of movies that you love and that's the kind of career that you want. Great, good job. But don't expect to be in big budget action movies right away or expect for people to make that shift with you easily. I say the same thing where it's like, if I know my first couple of shows, it's like, I, you know, my, my penis, it's, it's on the screen every five minutes. I can't expect to be Disney's next Prince. I mean, I agree. I absolutely, um, I absolutely agree with that. I do think that like, depending on what you're working on, it could be difficult, you know, and I'm thinking about like a Michael Fassbender when he did what was that show called like Hung I think or um or even David David Duchovny doing Californication um I do think that um when you are working on a production such as those to then come out of it might be a little like oh well everyone's just gonna remember like that time your penis was out and some people you know regardless of if it should be a big deal or not certain other people are going to feel a type of way of that, right? Like producers, directors, casting agents might feel a type of way about that. So you might have to do a little more proving, but saying you committed to doing nudity in one project and then you don't want to do nudity in another project, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. And I don't, um, you know, no one should be passed up for a job because of that, which the fucked up industry, so I'm sure it's happened. Oh, um, yes. And that's, I think it will continue to happen because the industry has its moments. But I, that's why I do think I, I keep saying just like know how you feel about it. Because once you, I do think you can, uh, you can choose to not do that type of work anymore or anything like I think that's totally fair and within your rights to do. But I will say it is very hard to unring a bell once it's rung. Yeah. You know, like once you reach a certain point, it's hard to take a step back in people's mind, in other people's minds, let alone how you feel. But for directors, casting directors, producers, artistic directors, it is hard to unring that bell sometimes when that is what they see from you. And I, I hate to be this person, uh, showgirls. 
um, um right, the movie showgirls they have yep. that same kind of thing where like the lead character she came from safe by the lead actress she came from elizabeth Berkeley. she came from safe by the bell and she wanted to do something different and like the at the time when this movie creation it was meant to be like this really oscar award-winning film that is not what transpired but that is what they were going for um but there is there is toplessness in the movie uh there is topless stuff in the movie and like i don't want to say that that has negatively impacted her career the nudity in the movie affected her career it could just be that it was a bad movie i don't know but her career has not been the same since said movie no it hasn't you know and so it's one of those things of but also like she's a there are other success stories as well where it's like you know no one thought of it everyone moved on you know so i don't know i don't know it's one of those things of like i think you just kind of have to have an understanding for yourself so that brings us to our tip of the week so as we've done numerous times in the show but we'll just give you guys a cute little reminder this is a part of the show where we talked about uh tips or things that have happened in the industry or to make things better to kind of help you guys out um you can go first because i gotta think about mine sure um i don't have any great industry ones right now because obviously we're still in a pandemic and the industry is semi non-existent i will say that i've seen more people kind of starting to team up with other people and work on fun projects um so i think that now is the time right this is the burnout time right like no matter if you're teaching or working or not like it's it's the holidays people are excited for the holidays they want to just be with their family they're tired they want to break it's getting cold in most parts of the country and around the world um and we're in a pandemic so i would say that um i'm seeing more people kind of collaborating on projects and i think that's really awesome i'm actually currently um working on my own personal thing with another fellow dancer um and something i've been doing every morning i start my day I wake up and I put my headphones in and I put on a a playlist on Spotify and I've been working on creating um, movement phrases every morning for 15 minutes, literally before I do anything, like before I shower, before I check my email, before I, you know, get coffee. And it's just really helped me to stay energized, get more energy before I, I start work. And just like, like I put myself first and I've been dancing and it's been really great as we go into these winter months and as anyone who teaches in a studio or a school knows like it's been exhausting the past few months um so to focus on like creating these movement phrases and working with her on this like more personal project has been really cool um so I would just say like finding kind of some joy or asking your friends to collaborate it doesn't have to be something that goes on YouTube or Instagram or for the whole world to see like it can be a personal project but I do think those are going to be really, really important in the next, like, you know, like month to maybe even three, as we're trying to get to this finish line of this, like COVID vaccine and, you know, the weather changing. So that's my personal opinion. Move again, do a project for yourself. I think you'll think yourself. What about you? Me, um, I would say post- the ugly parts too i've seen a lot of dancers that have like either either post the ugly stuff too or don't post at all it's totally okay to not do that i've seen a lot of dancers uh lately on social media talk about how 
they started to dance in their, you know, their quarantine spaces or, you know, they've been able to like schedule studio times where they can go in there by themselves or, you know, with uh, one other person and like just, you know, get some space where they can move again. And like no one, they're like, but I don't want to share it because it's not good. I'm rusty. I haven't danced in months. And it's just, I'm literally like, I was seeing their post and I'm like, all of us are the same way. Like no one stayed in perfect TikTok shake shape no. during this time. All of us have weight fluctuated, lost our footing, you know, can't find our leg, haven't been on our box. Like all of those things are incredibly true right now. But yeah. we, I think it's important for our dance, for young dancers and even for just us already out there to see the ugly bits and bobs too, to see the getting back on the horse, to see the struggle and difficulties that that we're all facing. Like, I will say that's the one thing that I, I want us to realize from this, that we've all gone through this collective experience and it's been better or worse for some people. But like, we've all gone through an experience that has changed us. So let's, let's not ignore it. Let's not ignore yeah. it. You know, let's do better about making sure this industry is the industry that we all want to work in when we get back to full swing would be my tip. Yeah, I agree. I do also want to point something out. Um, while you and I both just said, like, make sure you post the ugly parts, like take time to work on your own personal projects or collaborate with someone. I did see a post that someone wrote last week or so on Instagram where they said, you know, dear actors of the world, like, you know, I'm, we all are here to support each other, but please be kind and aware of the of you who are posting your blooper reel, quote unquote, every day of your of your at home, you know, your um self tape auditions every day because some of us haven't had a request for a self tape in months. And I did actually say, and this is a person where sometimes this person and he's a professional actor will say things where I'm like, all right, like you're being like moody and like judgmentally, but this one I did agree with because back to my whole thing like I'm working on a personal project I'm not about to share any of these phrases yet maybe toward the end of it I'll share a phrase you know my brother and I talked about working on a project while we're both in Colorado together that I might share once it's done but I do agree that this is still a trying time and I think that for those of you who are continuing to work and for those who are in the dancer actor world of auditions and continuing to be asked to submit auditions it's really awesome and it's amazing and I hope you're booking work because this is such a hard time I truly do but I do agree that like there does need to be a collectiveness of um of um is I back to almost back to what we talked about with the, our nudity and intimacy today is there a reason you need For to do that think of what yeah, it's what, what is it for the sake of, right? Is there a reason you need to post your quote unquote blooper reels from your self tapes every single day? Like what purpose is that serving um, other than to potentially make you feel better about yourself? Um, so I'm not trying to be judgmental. You know, sometimes people post them and they're really funny, but I do agree that those who are posting every single day, it's back to the main part of our conversation of this whole episode. What is the purpose you're trying to serve? Um, and I think the personal projects are going to be way more sacred that are going to get us ready to kick it back into full gear and hopefully you know hopefully a couple months in the spring mm -hmm. well that's it for us the curtain has closed on this episode but we hope that you will join us next week and every week after that episodes come out every thursday don't forget to like comment and subscribe you can find us on all your favorite podcast apps 
We are Point PYT on all platforms. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes. This is NYC.